Can we give some praise this morning just to a God that is deserving and, and, and loving towards us all? Give somebody a high five if you, as you're seated this morning. Tell them, man, I'm sure glad that you are here this morning. Turn to your other neighbor and say, did you know that it's only 24 days away? <laughs> Who, who's the Christmas fanatics in the house? Like, you had your tree up 14 weeks ago and your lights, they just stayed on year-round. There's no need in taking them down. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, that, that, that's just laziness? That's what that is? Oh, I wasn't going to be that rude, Johnny. Um, well, hey, welcome to the Hill this morning. Hey, if you don't know, uh, we have four campuses at the Hill. We have this one in Bolivar, we have one in Stockton, we have one in Nevada, and we have one in Ash Grove. And uh, we also have everyone watching online this morning. So can we just welcome everybody collectively this morning and what God is doing at the Hill? And uh, we are in a, a Let's Get Practical series, our advanced series in the year. Um, typically, this series is um, all about uh, what, can we, what can we do for God from our heart, not just from a stance of, um, I just want to encourage you to give, but it's a heart condition, and it is, it is something that we do yearly to just reiterate how important that is in our lives, and how important that is to fulfilling our, our calling to live in what God has for us. And so, this morning is, is week four of Let's Get Practical, and uh, I have been personally blessed by uh, the past three weeks of what, has been doing, uh, what God has been doing in my life as far as uh, my heart condition towards giving to him, and I hope that it's the same for you. This morning we have a quick uh, little testimony about um, what it means uh, to be a giver and what it means to tithe regardless of our situation. And uh, our very own Pastor JR, uh, he is going to uh, testify really quick for us about what that means. Yeah, just real quick. Man, this is scary, not being behind my guitar here. Wow. Um, so... About a year ago at the Deeper Conference, uh, 2018 Deeper Conference, I was sitting back in that area and Pastor Ward was preaching. I don't know if you know Pastor Ward, but he's, he's the consumed by fire dad, right? Um, I don't even re remember really what he was preaching on, but I, during the whole sermon, I was having, um, I was hearing this voice in my head, this prick in my heart, this, this small voice saying, you need to give everything that's in your wallet tonight. And I was like, okay, that's no problem. But what I didn't know is that particular day, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, I had like $200 in my wallet. And I remember thinking, you know, wow, God. You know, you couldn't have asked me when I only had 20 bucks in my wallet, right? So, so he asked me to give all I had, and I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it in obedience because that's what he requires of us, right? He doesn't need our money. He wants our obedience. So I went ahead and, and gave all I had in my wallet and uh, just uh, prayed that God, that that would go to where it was, wherever it was needed to go to further the kingdom of heaven, knowing full well what the promises of God are, that when I give, I receive. That's not why I gave. I gave out of obedience, but I know the promises of God. Two days later, for, for those of you who don't know, I sell radio ads, right? I'm, I work for a radio station. That's my day job. And two days later, I had the biggest sell that I'd ever had while I'd been there. 
The commission alone on that sale was $1,500. <clears throat> so yeah, that's, that's a pretty good return, right? It doesn't stop there. Two weeks later, and I'm not, I mean, it's, it's almost unbelievable to me, but uh, two weeks later, I get an unexpected check for $10,000. God's good, right? God's good, and he's faithful to his promises. And I want to leave you with this. Um, that, that was giving, right? That's different than tithing. Tithing isn't an option. Tithing is something that belongs to God. Um, you know, I'm not standing up here bragging or anything. I'm just bragging on what God has done in my life. I've been a faithful tither since I was 16 years old, since I first started working. And he is faithful. I encourage you to write this down, but go read Mal Malachi 3. All right? I don't see anybody writing or make, doing notes or anything. But it's very important. Malachi 3, because it talks about robbing from God. And when we're not tithing, that's, that's what we're doing. We're robbing from God. And it's very important that we, we know that and realize that. So I just want to leave, leave you with this, that God is faithful to his promises, and he will do what he says he will do. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. Thank you, JR. Um, man, I, I'm, so, uh, I'm so thankful for people like JR that um, make me feel okay about being nervous to stand up here, even though he's here all the time and up here holding his precious guitar that hides him all the time. It's, it's good to know he's human, right? Uh, well, hey, I, I, uh, I, I just love, uh, I love Jesus. Anybody else love Jesus? And I love bragging on Jesus, and I love, I love everything about him. I love everything uh, that, he, that he does for me, even though that he doesn't have to, and I'm not merited enough to uh, receive what all that he has given me. But I love it that he does it anyways. Anybody excited that I don't have to earn my way into what God wants to do for me? I was born into that. I have grace that covers me under that. And so uh, for that fact, I think I should have been a race car driver. I really do. I think that, like, uh, not now, because I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do, but I think that when I was younger, I, I should have, I was called to be a race car driver. You know how I know that? Because every time that I'm in a vehicle, I feel like I should be a race car driver. <clears throat> I feel like I would have been really good. I feel like there's nothing that could have stopped me. You know, I feel like every time, I, I'm not like this massive NASCAR person, um, however, I like to, I like the angle that shows them when they're, they're passing like sideways because it's like, and it makes me think I should have been a race car driver. I love to go fast. I love to, I love to take corners at way faster than what I should. I love to, uh, and, and all the, all the parents that had youth, uh, when we were youth pastors are thinking, dear Lord, thank you for keeping my child safe in that church van all those years. Um, hey, I, I truly think that, um, I would have loved to have been a race car driver, but here's the deal. I'm not. Like, I'm not a race car driver. I don't know if you knew that or not, but, but I'm not, and I can't act like I am every time that I go to Bolivar, right? Like, I can't use the turning lane as a passing lane. Um, I can't, I can't, like, I can't drift around the square and, and expect not to have problems that come after that breaking of the law. Mason would probably, uh, Officer Painter, might have something to say if I use the turning lane as a 75-mile-an-hour passing zone 
in a whatever speed limit zone that is. So I, I think that I, I feel like I should have been a race car driver, but I can't act like one when in the streets and expect not to have there be some kind of consequence for that, right? I also, I also, um, like, that's just, that's just bad practice. Like, that doesn't even make sense. That's not a, that's not a healthy practice in your life that is not advocating to go speed and to go take corners faster than you should. Um, that's for, like, fields and mud and stuff. Go do that in somebody else's, well, that sounded bad, too. Go do that in your friend's field when you have permission to do that. Uh, don't break the law that way either. In the same matter, I think about, like, um, I, love, I love the idea of lifting weights, right? Like, I love the idea that I have put on a few pounds and that I could turn that into solid muscle if I just try. But the problem is I just don't try, right? A problem is I don't go to the gym. The problem is I see the gravel roads and the streets and my tennis shoes. I just don't use them in a fashion to, to like run. And, and I see like uh, these exercise pieces that allow you to do push-ups better and stuff. I just don't use them to do push-ups. I like use them. We bought a, uh, we bought a treadmill. <clears throat> and when my wife was bringing it home, I was asking her why we needed another place to hang our clothes. And she said, no, 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 we're going to both use this, and we're going to exercise, and it's going to be great. Even in the wintertime, we can run. Just think about it, how good a shape we're going to be in. And like three months later, we took all the clothes that were hanging off of it, and we sold it. Like, the idea is awesome, but the reality isn't so. Like, uh, I, I see all of these, I, I see people that lift weights, right? Like, I see, uh, I, I see um, all these, these body trainers, and I see all these people that, that wear these shirts that are too small for them just to simply show off their muscles. Like, like that's, you're causing me to sin when you do that, right? Like, I, I'm jealous of everything that you have. And so I see all these people, and I think, why can't I be like that? Like, what's, what's, what's wrong with me? And the problem is that I don't, I don't work out. But I'm expecting the results of working out, right? Like, why, how does that even make sense? I can't walk into the gym and expect to start lifting, like, ugh, trying to think how to do this. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't see you in your shape that you can go jump on your bicycle or your mountain bike or your street bike or whatever it is that you ride and, and I can't expect for me to go ride a hundred miles with you. I can't walk into the gym with you after you talk me somehow into going and lifting weights. I can't sit down on the bench press and just throw the stack, stack the weights on like you can and expect to be able to lift and produce that, especially because I have long arms and I can't bench press. So if, if we ever go anywhere, it's not that I'm weak, it's just that I have long arms, right? And so, but I can't expect to do those things and have not put in the effort to do that, right? Like, what, what, what even makes us think that that's possible? We haven't put in the time or the energy or the effort, yet we want all the same results. We want to we live out the life of others when we haven't put the work in the gym to live like that. Man, I, 
I'm going to step on some toes today. I, I just want you to know that my favorite, one of my favorite topics to talk on is, is finances and money, mainly because um, that's my job here mostly. If you don't know, Ashley and I are your campus pastors here, uh, but we're also the executive pastors over all four. And so like I, I deal with all kinds of stuff like that all the time. And so I, I love the principles of giving, but I can't expect the result of a principle of giving if I don't participate in the giving. Does that make sense? I can't, I can't, so, so why do we treat our finances differently? Like we treat our finances as if we can just give a little, we can do a little, we can uh, just, just produce just, just enough to get by, and yet we want the results of living in the mansion in the corner and having all the things that we want. We don't want to show up for work on time every day, but we want to drive the new truck to get to that job. We want to have all the nice and fancy things. We want to have all the clothes and we want to have all the newest, latest uh, cell phones and gadgets that we play with, but we don't want to produce the effort in, in order to get those things, right? Like it takes time. In Matthew, tw- uh, in Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where you, where's your treasure? Is your treasure in the fact that you have, you get a paycheck on Friday and you're like, man, I cannot wait to get this in the bank so that I can go Black Friday shopping and it's going to be so fun. Anybody go Black Friday? I went Black Friday shopping. Anybody else? Any other crazies? There's like three or four of us. Uh, I think that I go now just simply to talk and watch the crazies. Like, like that's it. I mean, we, don't, we didn't need anything, and really, the deals that you get, are some of them are good if you pay attention, but uh, really, I just go to, to make fun of people and watch people. Um, um, I mean, in a spiritual way, of course. <laughs> um, but but, but like, we, we get our check, and we're like, it's Black Friday. Let's go spend it all. And then we get back, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. The house payment's due tomorrow. Actually, it's due on Monday because it's Friday. It wouldn't be due on Saturday. But, but I don't have anything left because I went and spent it all at the mall, and I can't pay my house. God, why? What's the problem? God, why can't I pay my bills? Why, why is this so hard for me, God? Why is this such a big struggle to me? And he's saying, dude, I gave you a paycheck on Friday to cover the bill on Monday, but you didn't practice good habits. And so you end up blaming me for your inability to control your own finances. Let me get this just straight from the beginning. And uh, this is not a prosperity message. This is not a, a message of, of I will give and I will get. Like this is not a, 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 a message where I am telling you, you need to give, 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 and God will, get, get, and, and God will give, give, and give back to you. Like this is, the more you give and sow into this, to this house, the, the Lord will tomorrow bring a $10,000 check and solve all your needs. Like that, that might happen. I'm not saying that God can't do that, but that's just not the message that I see and read every day in the Bible, right? Like this is a, a heartstring tied message that says, um, um, like the, the principle of giving is more important than, than anything else that I, can, that I can do aside from accepting Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, aside from making him number one in my life. I have to hold the, the true to the principle uh, because it's talked about so much in Scripture. So this is, not a, this is not a prosperity message. This is a, I'm going to hurt your heart, and then you're going to have to just be okay with it. And, and, and if you're like, I, I, I like,
like controversial stuff sometimes because um, I like to have mul- multiple sides and angles to everything. Um, when Pastor Bo and I have a conversation, I normally try to play the part that says, yeah, but what about just, just, to, just to get some kind of riled up conversation in order to do something. And so I love the fact that when I talk about money, some of you just cross your arms and you sit back and you're like, is it 11.15 yet? Dear Lord, <clears throat> um, can I just say that I might be talking to you this morning? The, the ones of us, that, the ones of us that, that practice and are okay with it are the ones who do it anyways. The toes that are going to be hurting are the ones who don't want to. I have a few statistics um, for us today. Did you know that 70% of U.S. workers are living paycheck to paycheck? 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. One, and this is to take it a little bit further, so one in ten people making $100,000 or more per year are living paycheck to paycheck. So that is to say, your, your dreams and desires to, well, when I get a raise or when I make more or when I do this or when I get this or when I see this, I'll, I'll, I'll have it made. No, the more you spend or the more you make, the more you spend. If your habit is bad with 20,000, your habit's going to be bad with 100,000. It's not, it's, that's, not where the, that's not where that lies, right? 67% of Americans would struggle to scrounge up $1,000 in a state of an emergency. 67% of people that have a, a vehicle to drive back and forth to work every single day, if something happens to that vehicle, 67% of us would not be able to pay the $1,000 bill to have it fixed to to, to continue to go to our job. 67%. Only 32% of Americans maintain a household budget. Like I hear the word budget and you're like, ooh, uh, that's like fight night at our house, right? You, you, You speak the word budget and it's like, oh, oh, I didn't know that we were putting the boxing gloves on tonight. That's cool. I mean, some warning would be nice, right? Like, budgeting doesn't have to be evil. Like, budgeting can change. Budgeting can, can happen today, and then it can look different three months from now because you're following and sticking to your budget. Things change, and, and different categories get more funds, and different categories get less funds because you pay stuff off. It's only common sense that as we pay more, we get more. As we pay more, we have less bills. As we pay more, we're able to put more into savings. We're able to put more into normal, everyday life. 82% of small businesses fail due to cash flow. 82 82 out of 100 businesses that started this year failed because of their lack of ability to handle and manage cash flow. 82%. That's insane to me. Only 6.21 of Americans are millionaires. I think it's funny because we all just want to strive the American dream. I just want to be a millionaire, and I just want to have all my worries wiped away, and I want to be able to pay my bills and do what I want. Well, you might, and it's possible, very, very possible. I mean, 6.21 is actually a couple hundred thousand in the U.S., but um, but it's possible. But the reality is, how about we just live in the means that we have and put principles in our lives that that allow us to live the way that we want with what we make instead of trying to always strive to be the next millionaire or the next inventor or the next uh, Hollywood movie star that's going to bring home the next blockbuster $67 million producing opening weekend movie, right? 
Like, I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying don't chase your dream. I'm definitely not saying the American dream is not alive and well. The American dream is more alive and well today than any other generation possible, only because there's so many avenues. There's so many social media, YouTube. There's people that make so many million dollars on YouTube for doing stupid stuff and, and, and testing squishy balls and making slime. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, the, the stuff that my daughter watches... Uh, when I allow her to, which is more than I would like to admit. But I looked up those people, and like they're making like $27 million. I mean, like it's insane how, how much uh, opportunity there is in today's world. This is the last statistic I have for you. Um, 90% of people who get divorced say that money played a significant role in that decision. 90%, 9 out of 10 people who get divorced say that money played a significant role in this part of getting divorced. So what does this tell me? This tells me a lot. It tells me that money should be managed. It tells me that money is not just some object or it's not just something that we have and that we get to have for a little while and then we watch it go, which is most of the time if you visit Walmart. I, I think that also most of our money problems are not really money problems, they're behavioral problems. Like most of our money problems that we categorize as, as we have money problems, we got issues, we got, we got problems with our money. They're not money problems, they're behavioral problems. How are you, what, what, are you, what are you using your money for? What are your behaviors when it comes to your money? I'll tell you a quick personal story about, um, about our finances, about what, <clears throat> probably six, seven years ago, um, we, we I, don't, I don't know, maybe it's longer than that now, I don't know, time gets away from me. It's December already. Does anybody know that? It's almost Christmas. <clears throat> 24 days. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. Um, <clears throat> we, we thought that we needed a lot of stuff that we didn't need. And MasterCard was willing to give it to us. And so I thought, okay, maybe I do need those things. And then so was Visa. Visa was really welcoming too. Uh, they gave me a decent. Um, they gave me a decent amount and said, "Hey, or go do whatever you want, live however you want. It's going to be good. We got your back." And then Discover, they also wanted to jump in on the party. They thought, "Hey, if Mastercard and Visa are in, then why not us?" You know. And so they gave us. A, they gave us some too, and that was fun for a while too. Until uh, they started reaching like limits of of uh, high capacities, and then like <clears throat> then it becomes the rotating game of you get one in the mail, and it's like, ooh. I don't have to pay interest on this one for 12 months. So what I'll do is I'll just take this high, high balance and I'll pay a fee to transfer it over to here so that I don't have to pay interest on it. And then when I paid off in a year, like, boom, problem solved. Like, I can walk away. I don't have to pay any interest. And then what the reality sets in that you're not going to pay that off because now you've got so much incurring debt everywhere in which direction. And then that turned into um, things that we couldn't pay anymore. And then that turned into um, panic and chaos, and then that turned into a, a, a little girl being born in the middle of our chaos that we had produced ourselves, and we kept asking, like, why is this not getting any better? Why is this not, God, why, why are we having so much trouble making it? And there was silence, because I had dug our own pit, so much so to the point where 
I can so, I'll never forget this moment in my life, and I will never return to this moment in my life because of this moment in my life. I'll never forget the moment when I realized that I needed to go count out enough change somewhere to buy the gallon of milk so that my daughter could have cereal for dinner at night. Like, it's, it's a real deal. It's a behavioral problem that in our society and in our culture has just made it okay to go do whatever and be whatever and spend whatever. You don't, you don't grow out of behavioral problems. Like, you don't just turn 27 and think, oh, I'm better now. You have to learn good habits. You have to read scripture and understand that it's about more, there's more to managing your money than letting Discover handle all your bills every month and then try to figure out how to pay Discover. I heard this um, from, a, from a preacher the other day, and I loved it, and I stole it. And uh, it's act your wage. You've always heard act your age? Act your wage. No, no, seriously, act your wage. Live in the, live in the means that, that, that you have. Like, don't try to impress the Joneses because the Joneses don't care. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but they don't really care if you got a new car. Like, they're not interested in how many options your new phone has. They're not, in, they're not really interested in, in anything. I, I need you to act your wage. Whatever you make... Let's figure out how to spend inside of what my wage is, right? Like so many of us, self-included, lived so far out of my wage that I got in such a deep trouble and deep thing that it took years and years and years and years and years of struggling and making payments to finally see a little bit of headway in the problem. Act your wage. Don't, don't, uh, did you know that you can, you can plant your way into a promotion? Did you know that you can plant your way into a raise? You can plant your way into a new house? You can plant your way into a, um, a successful marriage? You can plant your way into, into the things in this life that you want? Don't you know that you can sow into what God has for you and see the result later on in life? I don't want you to get confused and think that I mean that you can just, you're going to sow and then he's going to give you money. Because that's not always how it works. You might sow and God will give you a new marriage. You might sow and God will take the addiction out of your life. You might sow and God will bring you to a church where you can get fed and that you can live and you can understand his principles. So then you know how to manage your money so that then he can flourish your accounts and your finances, right? It doesn't always have to be monetary of how it comes in that way. Uh, Get rid of the impulse buy in your life. Act your wage. If your wage says you can't go and buy a new stereo every other month, then don't go buy a new stereo every other month. If your wage says that you can afford the iPhone and you need to keep it for four years, keep your iPhone for four years and then go buy a new iPhone. Like, there's so much that I can put into this sentence of acting your wage, that, that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off my high horse a little bit. But in Leviticus, Leviticus 27.30, it says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. 
Genesis 28:22 in the NLT says, uh, and this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. A, a tenth of everything he gives me. Now, we have all heard of tithe our entire lives, and tithe means that it's a tenth, and a tenth is what we're, we're, we're uh, the principle that God uh, requires us or that uh, asks us to give. But did you know, this is 400 years. This is, this is so far um, ahead of the new law, like this is in the, this is in the Old Testament. So the, the new law that, that they we're talking about, the 10th, was lived out in the Old Testament. I love how the Bible doesn't just contradict itself in New and Old Testaments. No, they collide and they meet in the middle and they say, this I'm going to speak and this is going to become reality 400 years later. And we get so confused on, on well, why, why, why should I tithe? Right? This is not like, th- this is just something like, this tithing is a principle. Can I just say, like, tithing is nothing more than a principle in your life. You have principles in your life where uh, you don't cheat on your wife or you don't, uh, you don't buy uh, red tractors because green is obviously better than red, right? Any farmers or any tractor guys in the house? Uh, John Deere is way better than most anything else. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, man, I forgot where I was. Uh, that's funny. Um, so... Tithing is a principle. There's so much stuff that we can tie along with tithing, but at the end of the day, are you living by a principle that I'm following the word that God has placed before me? I'm going to stand on the principles that he's laid out before me. I'm not making this up on my own. I'm not making this up. This is all scriptural stuff. The, the promise, there, there's, there is a promise attached to tithing. Now, I do want you to understand that, that, that tithing is not the reason for the promise, right? Like, I don't give in the expectation that the promise will be delivered uh, ten times and several times folded over, and that's why I'm going to give my offering because I want more. Right? Like, no, tithing is the principle, but there's a promise tied to the principle. So where you go. If you call this your home, so where you grow. If you call this your home, make this the place where you sow. The, the, the Bible says that the bring your tithe into the storehouse. In uh, Malachi 3, 10 and 11, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, heavens, uh, the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out the blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them for, uh, from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall off the vine before they are ripe says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, I love the fact that there's so many different things in here, but the principle, here's the principle at the beginning. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. Listen, I don't want this to be a mistaken as uh, we need your tithe to keep these lights on. That's not your job and not your responsibility. These lights are going to stay on because God is going to provide a way because he's doing something incredible within these four walls. So I'm not worried about the lights. I'm not worried about the air conditioning. I'm not worried about the chairs that you set in. I'm not worried about the mics and the instruments and stuff that we use to praise and worship. I'm only simply worried about the principle of you living out what God wants to give you. It says the principle is bring a tie to the storehouse. The promise that's tied and attached to it is I will open up the heavens for you and pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room to take it in. Now it doesn't say 
it doesn't say like bring the tithe and then it says if you follow my principle I have blessing for you like the blessing isn't made as soon as you give up your, your tithe the blessing isn't like God's not saying oh wow Clinton gave huh. I wonder what I'm going to bless him with today the blessing is already tied to your tithe the blessing exists before you give so you're not giving in order to receive the blessing you're giving in order to release the blessing you're giving in order to see the the stuff and the manifestation of God working through your life come a reality and not just a dream when I tithe it enacts a blessing they're tied together you can't separate the two when I give to the house, when I give to God, in an acts of blessing that's so entangled in everything that I'm doing, 10 represents a test in the New Testament. It says, it, it says it, scripture, it says, try it, put me to the test. Try it. As Mikey would say, represents a test in the New Testament. A tenth equals or a tithe equals a tenth. Put him to the test and see that he does not stand on his own word to fulfill the promise that he's already said. Why does God need my money anyway? Anybody ever said that? Like anybody thought, why does God need my money? Anybody have a really nice anybody have a really nice watch or something in here uh, that's, that's super nice? Anybody have a watch that I can as an illustration, like a nice watch. Okay, anybody have a really nice automobile or, or truck? Automobile, what am I like? Uh, a car or a truck? Anybody have? Listen, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just I need an illustration. Oh, yes, you do. Do you have the keys on you? I need them. She has a really nice car. She's got a got this shiny red Mustang, and uh, she pulls up, I'm like, I'm talking all out like gangster mode, pulled up, thank you, can I borrow, can I borrow your car? Okay, I'll see you next month. Um, so, here's here's an illustration, and uh, I've seen this before as well, but uh, it brings such, it, it hits at home so well. Um, it says, um, in James 1.17, it says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us, uh, to us from God the Father, who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. So, whenever we're talking about, why does God need my money anyways? Now, according to the scripture, I'm like, I don't really know if that was ever really your money in the first place. says whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us from the God, from God our Father. I don't think it was really yours in the beginning. So here's an illustration of what this looks like when we withhold everything that we have from God, right? It says, wow, this car is amazing. We're going to go on a couple of dates. We're going we're gonna to go um, out to the Chiefs game. We're going to have a good time. And uh, life is awesome. And then, um, and then, then we come back and we're like, hey, Beth and John, can you guys come over for dinner? 
doesn't say, I'm going to do this when you, when you give and when you do all these great things. Ooh, I've got a big pile waiting for you, a big old generosity. It says, no, I will create a, a spirit of generosity everything that you have for a tenth of everything that you make as a tithe challenge for 90 days starting today I think I failed to mention that all the other times but starting December 1st a tithe challenge for 90 days if it doesn't work out if it doesn't play in your favor if there's not a blessing tied to it come to me and, and we will as the Hill Church we will personally write a check and reimburse you for all 90 days that's how that's how totally on board I am and agreeing with God and His Word that it's possible and that He's going to officially start today. Now, I said last thing. I don't want to just, uh, I'm sorry, I had a really, a whole lot of stuff to pack inside of like 35 minutes. Um, I don't want to just talk about tithing and talk about 90-day challenges and talk about all this stuff and not show you that we are a church that believes in the in that as well. And so um, we as a church, every every penny 
that we bring in, a tenth of it goes to our missions fund, and we, we are supporting missions all over, all over the world. Just for instance, um, a few things that we uh, are a part of. We also, so, so tithing is one, and offering is another side of that. Every year at the beginning of the year, we plant, we plant um, offering seeds um, for, for the for growth, for just whatever God wants to do. So we, we gave $5,000 to Convoy of Hope as a seed. We also gave $5,000 to Eliana Parton during her heart surgery as a seed to what God was going to do. Um, we, uh, we also, we, we gave Convoy a lot. We gave another $1,300 to them in, in different portions of the time. But we have uh, Hannah King, who we support uh, monthly that has, has grown up in the government. And she is sent off out of college into Mexico and is now a missionary in Mexico and in India. Um, we, we, we give, uh, eight, we, so far we've given $8,400 this year alone and helped plant 400 churches in India with our name not tied to it and not attached to it. That's setting and tens of thousands of people coming forward to receive Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. And you have sown into that every time that you give. Like the way we we, uh, we gave $5,300 to Light the Way so far this year. Um, we, we've given so uh, many, many, many different um, speakers. And we always, Pastor Bo is so incredible when it comes to giving and blessing people because it's just in his heart. Now as a whole, this year, we are going to give uh, missionally just about, uh, I'm projecting a little bit, but it's going to be really, 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 really close. About sixty-five dollars to $66,000 that we're going to give uh, to missions, we're going to give to uh, guest speakers, we're going to give to uh, places like India and, and places like Convoy, and, and that's just blessing people that need a, a, an emergency heart surgery. So $65,000, and that's not bragging, but you're a part of that. Yeah, like, like let's give God some glory. That... So just so that if you're not a math person, that means that, uh, like, out of, out of that, we gave a lot of seed, but that's a little over half a million dollars that's going to come in through our four campuses this year which is astonishing. Like we planted, I can go on in days for days and days. I'm done, I promise. We planted two churches this year. And, and they are succeeding and there's people that are getting saved every single week at these locations. Uh, just really quick, so far, this is a rough estimate and this is like hands lifted and I know for sure that this tally, but 144 people have made decisions to follow Jesus this year alone within the walls of the hill. 16 people have been healing, 34 people have been baptized within the walls. I'm just telling you like when you give and when you sow and when you live on the principle of what tithing can do in your life, God takes over and does a new thing. God can take 
our, our little, like in the retrospect of the world and the aspect of the kingdom. Listen, $65,000 is a very, very, very small token. But when you when you do it out of a heart of generosity, when you do it out of a heart of this is going to affect the kingdom forever. And God, here you go.
closing, um, listen, I, I have been um, told I, I'm, I'm really good at rambling about money. So today, I hope today, honestly, was not strictly about a dollar sign, but I really, truly, in my heart, I believe that if we live by the principle, put tithing as a principle in life, not a, not a have to, God, God will provide. Like seven, eight years later, whatever, we, we dug ourselves out. Not one time ever, even when I was counting change to pay to milk, did I ever neglect the fact that what was God was God's. Paid money to the street, we tied to the storehouse, and now looking back, like it's stupid. I, I don't understand. I love to be able to understand numbers, and I, I can't tell you how we are where we are, except for God. The blessing was tied to the fact that we never hesitated. again for me I ask forgiveness for sin in my life and I want nothing more than to live for you Amen. nobody look around if that was you and you prayed that today would you lift your hand really quick just right where you are
I'm praying this prayer just as, as, as much as I am praying with you. My hand is lifted that I need to put God first in my heart more than I do. If that's you this morning, would you just, as we pray, would you just begin to commit to God to say, listen, this 90-day challenge is going to be hard, but God, I want, I want my heart to be completely yours. So God, today we, we commit to you, we commit to follow you in every aspect, in all ways, no matter the circumstance, no matter the finance, no matter the marriage, no matter the mountain we're facing, God, we desire to put you first in our heart, every step of the way, every walk. God, as we do, blessings that you have waiting for us to follow your word to live by the principles in which you've laid out for us. Jesus, in your name, amen. Hey, can we give a round of applause for like the five, six people that just got saved? It's, come on, we can do better than that. That's why we're here.